Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Splash Play Podcast. We do fantasy, we do DFS, we do sports betting, and today we are bringing on a ringer, someone who has a laser focus on the Minnesota Vikings and fantasy football. Spags, you excited to talk to Arif? Arif Hassan, one of the guys out there covering the Vikings, a, a fantasy football team this year that's done a lot to make people money and probably cost people a lot of money. Speaking of, we're going to talk about this special Saturday NFL DFS slate. You got two games there. Of course, a Sunday slate. We've got numbers. Don't lie. We've got the ride or die picks. So Pete, let's hit that intro and let's get right to it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Splash Play, your favorite fantasy football podcast and the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. I'm Chris Spags, joined once again by your friend and mine, a man who's burning it on both ends down the NFL home stretch. He's Peter Overzet. How are you doing, Pete? I'm doing good. Yeah. If you guys were uh, refreshing your YouTube and Apple iTunes feeds late last night, waiting for the podcast to drop, we apologize. We, uh, we were all scrambling, had lots going on, so we bumped it. Friday, but it's it's just as good a day later, Spags. I think it's better because now we have a little more injury news. Some guys we didn't know were going to be out for sure last night. You know, I don't I don't know if we're going to make it a regular occurrence to do the show on Fridays, but at this time of year, I'll take any advantage I can get to make the content here. Uh, one that won't get us yelled at on Twitter because we didn't know that uh, that Julio Jones or Kenny Galladay and his bum hip <laughs> were having issues after his uh, Sura Nabunda dancing, of course. Make sure you guys hit that like button and subscribe on YouTube. Follow at Splash Play Pod on Twitter and Instagram. First thousand people on there will get followed back by us. So that is one way to get your follower numbers boosted and also just to get a little love in your life this holiday season. So make sure you're doing that for us. And uh, Pete, let's talk real fast about Thursday Night Football before we get Arif Hassan on, who again, uh, covers the Vikings for the uh, the Athletic. I was going to say the Atlantic. The Atlantic does not cover the Vikings, I think, in much depth. But the Raiders-Chargers game, Pete, uh, we talked about it before we came on the air. And uh, this is one blind spot I've had this year. I have not bought into the Derek Carr renaissance. And you know who bought into the Derek Carr renaissance yesterday? This guy, 85 percent Derek Carr burning money on fire but a mostly fun game and Marcus Mariota back Pete yeah uh man he looked really good in relief did you see the guy that solo shipped the <laughs> DraftKings uh showdown contest with Marcus Mariota captain I mean what a sicko single bullet I I mean you know we talk about the Millie Maker winners on here you know that track our advice and just continue to win but I would love to pick his brain on that lineup. Like you could do a whole 30 for 30 on how you get Marcus Mariota as your captain. Well, I think the thought would be in one of our guys, Jason, who won the Arnie Weinmeister card. So he's about as familiar with our thought process here on Splash Play as anywhere. And he's, and you know, Derek Carr was going to be a highly owned captain. So what's the direct leverage you get on Derek Carr, Pete? Not as receivers, you go to his backup who has great running mobility. And, and honestly, he could be a fantasy league winner down the stretch, Marcus Mariota, because of this Raiders offense. And the fact, it's made Derek Carr look good. Now it's going to make a guy who's going to throw as well or as, you know, as competently, I guess, as Derek Carr. And he's also going to run for 100 yards game yeah no it's uh it's a true galaxy brain level play you know us simple-minded individuals only thinking you know level one level two this guy's on like level 1000 and he's actually on level 500 000 because that's how much he won 
Yeah, maybe he actually had seen a Derek Carr at a rub and tug earlier in the day and knew that uh, the groin might. <laughs> here we are. We're back. Welcome to Splash Play. Spags is here. Doesn't matter if it's 1030 in the morning on the West Coast going right to the rub and tug jokes. But his groin, I mean, his groin hurt. I don't know. Maybe some inside info about Derek Carr's groin and its malleability was what got this guy there. Yeah, I mean, without Robert Kraft uh, these days, we don't have too many avenues for rub and tug jokes. So I'm glad you took it when it opened up. You know, one of us has to do it here. That's the kind of heroism we bring to Splash Play every week. And uh, speaking of heroism, a lot of guys, so many injuries that actually matter this week. And uh, Pete, you might have some to add on here. I did a a, a little early list last night and then made a couple changes. And uh, one that's changed overnight that we talked about or hinted at earlier in the show, Julio Jones ruled out again. Uh, some troubling splits that Hayden Winks is one of the few Roto guys, a uh, Roto World guys who have not come on to uh, the show this year. But he had tweeted something about the splits there, which uh, really encapsulated that Matt Ryan's just been bad uh, without Julio Jones, or at least, you know, noticeably worse without Julio in the lineup. And, you know, Atlanta not playing for much down the stretch here besides Raheem Morris's job, Pete. But, but what are you doing with Julio? Does that change anything? Do you want to go back to Calvin Ridley after, you know, he's had some good games, including a decent one last week? Yeah, I mean, Calvin Ridley's volume with Julio Jones out has been really, really nice. Um, I don't mind it. Uh, I actually kind of, he's he's also really expensive, uh, though, as well. I kind of like Russell Gage again this week, at least on DraftKings 4,700. He's had a really nice role, and he threw that beautiful touchdown pass to Calvin Ridley, too. So maybe mm-hmm. you get some passing stats from his, his him as well. So yeah, it hurts the team. I don't, they're obviously not as good without him, but uh, I also don't even mind going back to Hayden Hurst. He flopped last week, but he's also been a guy when Julio is out that has been uh, likely to see more volume. So I think there's some opportunity we can capitalize on here. And they are playing Tampa Bay, who has been a bit of a funnel to the pass game and uh, could be some opportunity here. And uh, Pete mentioned Hayden Hurst, pretty good matchup on the board here for him. Uh, they're giving up about 1.4 yards per route cover to tight end. So maybe Hayden Hurst, one of those cheap guys to get in this week, uh, get some exposure to if you're not going the uh, the Travis Kelsey higher price guy route. Some other injuries to get to here. Uh, this one important for Saturday slate. Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay were both questionable. Got to assume one of these guys will play tomorrow, Pete, but... Um, if they don't, let's say uh, this really, I think, would break the Saturday slate in a meaningful way in this game that these guys are going to have against Buffalo. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, too much on these guys. I mean, Philip Lindsay has been basically questionable all season. Uh, he was like one of the most efficient running backs in the league last year, but has been banged up all this year and hasn't been that great. Uh, I'm not as in the weeds on the Melvin Gordon stuff, so I don't know how unlikely it is that he doesn't play. But I mean, I guess it's Royce Freeman, next man up. Uh, He was the guy that has kind of been, you know, filtering in there. So yeah, I mean, he'd probably be, I assume he's the stone men on on DraftKings. He would be interesting if both those guys are out, but uh, it seems like they're going to play. Yeah, we're going to talk a little two-game slate strategy later in the show uh, because it is a two-game slate on Saturday for these Saturday games back in our lives with college football slowing down here. Uh, but definitely an injury, uh, running back injuries are worth noting. Denver, maybe they'll just play without running backs like they played without a quarterback a couple weeks ago. Get weird with it. Put KJ Hamler in at running back. There you go. Uh, another injury here, Christian McCaffrey doubtful again. And I think uh, the, the doubts really have to be set again that we're going to see Christian McCaffrey again this year. And we've talked about it enough in the last few weeks, Pete, but it does matter for the Saturday slate that we are once again getting Mike Davis time also on the Panthers. Uh, DJ Moore expected back. Curtis Samuel still questionable, even though he did not have COVID. He got off the list, but he's got other injuries. DJ Moore also had other injuries, uh, got off the COVID list. I don't know what's going on here. Carolina kind of seems like a dumpster fire down the stretch, Pete, but, but one of these guys is going to get covered by Jair Alexander. I'd assume it's Robbie Anderson. So I think DJ Moore is kind of interesting because we know Green Bay is going to put up points. They put it up every week, and this week a 30.3 implied uh, implied total for them for Vegas. 
Yeah, I like DJ Moore a lot this week too. I also like uh, Mike Davis again, although I've liked Mike Davis basically every single week this year through the good and the bad. It's been, uh, the highs have been high, the lows have been low, but man, his workload last week was awesome. And uh, Green Bay hasn't been particularly great against the run. So I, I don't mind Mike Davis again either. And then Marquise Brown is pending COVID clearance amidst that wide receiver group, unless that's changed. Um, I, I haven't seen anything this morning, but uh, pending clearance there, I think, uh, uh, that Miles Boykin is also in that group, and James Proch is also in that group of of guys who maybe can't play, but we'll see if they can get enough uh, cleared tests in the next few days. And uh, does this change anything for you with the matchup against Jacksonville for Baltimore, Pete? Because I would say I think this would get me a little more Mark Andrews for sure if we just know that there won't be a couple of the lead receivers out there for Baltimore. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I think uh, the other bump would definitely be for Willie Sneed. Um, Willie Sneed had been a big beneficiary when either Mark Andrews or Marquise Brown has missed time. Uh, yeah. And your only concern here is they're probably going to be able to do whatever they want on the ground. Uh, obviously Lamar rushing Gus Edward looks good. JK Dobbins looks good. So, uh, I do think though, there's room for at least one of Mark Andrews or Willie Sneed to have a pretty good game here. It's just kind of hard to know who it is, but I'm with you. I probably lean toward Mark Andrews, man. I'm getting choked up. Just talking about my boy, Mark Andrews. <laughs> It's still real to me. Mark Andrews is a good tight end. <laughs> um, another injury here. Ronald Jones, injured finger and COVID list. The rare double whammy of injury. I guess actually not even that rare. There's been enough guys, including the aforementioned DJ Moore, who have an injury and were on the COVID list. But uh, Ronald Jones being out uh, after Leonard Fournette was a healthy scratch last week. Could be Uncle Lenny week once again here going into a game at Atlanta where you'd expect that Tampa Bay uh, could dominate the ball here. I would think that if Jones is out, Fournette should be one of the top owned plays of the week. Yeah, uh, I think he's going to be very popular. There's not a ton of value that has opened up yet on the slate. I'm I'm not too into it at that kind of price. I think the guys that are in more like the five thousand to fifty five hundred range project you know, similarly or slightly better at like a fraction of the ownership. And I'm just a notorious Lenny Fournette hater. I think the thing is too is if you told me he was going to get all the pass catching work. I would be way more intrigued, but I think they're going to just actually use him in the Ronald Jones role because they didn't have him activated last week and they seem to want to use LaShawn McCoy as the pass catcher. So if you're just telling me it's going to be Leonard Fournette, like getting rammed into the pretty solid uh, Falcons rush defensive line there at, you know, 30% ownership, I, I think I'm going to give it the Nah wave. Yeah, Atlanta definitely giving up more to the pass game this year, but um, and a chalky Leonard Fournette could be a problem. But yeah, I think it's an interesting question here where I, I like Fournette. I think he does look like one of the better value plays on the slate for me, uh, have him being a, a top value 30% of the time, and he's projected for less than 20% ownership. But but I agree, McCoy really coming out of nowhere last week to get a ton of usage and and look pretty good doing it. So uh, definitely one spot's watch there with Ronald Jones out. Another, another injury here, there's so many injuries, and I honestly, I really, I'm sure I missed another 5 to 10. Brandon Cooks trending towards being back the last that I saw. He's got some spinal issues, which seems, you know, maybe with Brandon Cooks and his injury history, you let him ride that out. But but Houston still playing to win here, going against Indianapolis. And and this one, Pete, I do think is, you know, uh, one that should be interesting for Cooks. Like, I, I don't know. Is Chad Hansen not available this week? No, he is. Oh, he has a zero projection in Osmo's projections, which I... I think Osimo is just kind of jealous of his just incredible good looks and is boycotting <laughs> giving him a projection. Chad Hansen is a dreamy wide receiver, I think, relative to my <laughs> he's, standards. He's very attractive. Yeah, I mean, I, I have no problem saying that. <laughs>
But Brandon Cooks, uh, you know, I think a, a very valuable play potentially at his price point going against Indianapolis, who, you know, does give up some big plays, a good defense on paper, but a team that can be beaten here. Um, how are you feeling about Brandon Cooks coming back in, Pete, where we know Watson's playing his ass off really down the stretch here. It's just a matter of what does he have left? And I think against that Bears team last week, we saw like he, he really doesn't have a lot of weapons left, but Cooks being out there, that's at least one major weapon. Yeah, he's been limited all week in practice with the neck injury. So uh, I think that's something interesting. But yeah, if, he, if he's back and he he's playing, I think he'll he'll probably project pretty well. And I've looked at like ownership. People don't seem too interested in playing Deshaun Watson this mm -hmm. week. Uh, and he projects well too. So uh, Watson to Cooks could be pretty nice here. And here's Arif Hassan joining us now. Arif, how are you doing? And are we getting the name right here? We listened to a podcast intro to make sure, but it is Arif, right? Yeah, no, you nailed it. All right, there, there we go. We happy, to, happy to do it. Arif Hassan, of course, from The Athletic, covers the Minnesota Vikings. And Pete, I know you had a lot of Vikings chatter you wanted to get to Arif, uh, get to with Arif right away. So I'll have you lead the way here for all of our, our purple fans out there. Yeah, well, I am curious. And Arif, what, I know you play a, a lot of fantasy. Are you, uh, are you still alive in some of your playoffs right now? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm alive in actually only one of them. Uh, some of the other leagues I'm in have like intentionally crazy rules. And one of them is like... Uh, I uh, missed extra point is minus 25 and I had uh, enormous Brandon McManus exposure. Uh, so <laughs> I was, I was out of three of those leagues right away. Wow. So what kind of like preparation and research do you do for selecting your kickers with that extreme rule? Uh, well, so uh, in one of the leagues, someone just picked Justin Tucker in round one. They're just like, <laughs> I don't want to think about this. I'm, I'm just taking Justin Tucker. Uh, and, uh, and obviously the rule in the league is that you have to play a kicker or you forfeit that week. Um, otherwise, you know, it's unworkable. So I just, I just looked up like who has missed the fewest extra points for the last five years. And then I tried to see if, uh, if I thought that they would score a bunch of touchdowns this year. And I figured Broncos not going to score a bunch of touchdowns. Brandon McManus is great on extra points. He hasn't missed a ton. I looked at 20 to 29 yard splits. He was, you know, among the top there. Not that that matters because no one kicks from 20 to 29. Uh, <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, he's missed the fewest extra points. This offense sucks. I'm good. I'm good. And then playoffs, right? Wow. Wait, so I, can, I cannot imagine sweating uh, missed extra points. I mean, that is incredible. No, and that's it, the thing with the kickers, too, is that, like, you know, there's so many you know theories out there, data points out there about how kicking is one of the most volatile things around. And you guys basically, my guess would be that your commissioner for this league is, is Jigsaw from the Saw series, where he just wants to see that stuff <laughs> every week, the most random outcome possible. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I feel like if you have kickers in your league, you kind of have to embrace the fact that you have them because, like, either kickers suck and you shouldn't have them, which I am totally sympathetic to, or if you have them, make them insanely important. I think <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> and it's very, it. like, Vikings approach to it, too, I think. It, that's you know, the very focused version of lean in. That's And you know, you're dealing with the Vikings. I know Pete had some questions about Vikings Twitter and all of that, but your kicker for the Vikings or not your kicker. I don't know if you're, you're rooting for the team specifically, but you're covering them. Uh, sure. Dan Bailey, a guy you probably would not want in the league this year. Uh, yeah, no. Um, so it, it's a, it tends to be a bunch of Vikings fans in that fantasy league. Uh, and they tend to avoid picking up a Vikings kicker, but Bailey had been so, uh, reliable over mm -hmm. the fact that in some of the leagues he was actually picked up, uh, much to a lot of people's chagrin. Do you find yourself in your fantasy leagues, uh, drafting more Vikings of kind of uh, a little Homer type bias here, or do you really separate it? Some people swing in the other direction and want nothing to do with their hometown team players here. Um, so I like to think that I, I don't have a bias, obviously, but I, I think it tends to express itself in underdrafting Vikings, actually. Um, so I don't know, but I am also in a lot of Vikings leagues. So, 
Um, it, it turns out that, you know, other people value Vikings more than I do if they're Vikings fans. I don't know how that, you know, turns out in, in general leagues, but uh, I think in w- when I'm in a, a broader league, I, I tend to underdraft Vikings, but maybe I just have a lot less confidence in the offense. I don't know. Yeah. And I, you know, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, obviously Justin Jefferson has been like, if you look at win rates for best ball, any season long teams, like Justin Jefferson is generally a common denominator on those teams. Uh, and I assume Minnesota is just, uh, through the moon, you know, with him, but I was curious about what you thought Stefan Diggs would have done in that offense this year. I mean, Jefferson has been so efficient. It feels hard to say Diggs could have done better than him, but I'm just curious with your finger on the pulse, how people feel about the Diggs versus Jefferson stuff at this point. Well, I think the way people generally feel is that you might've ended up with a one for one swap this year. And then kind of going forward, you probably have higher prospects for Jefferson. I'm of the opinion that you probably get more production with Jefferson. Like you said, that efficiency is, is unmatched. It's ridiculous to see. I think that um, Diggs would have seen a lot more attention at the beginning of the year. So in, in terms of year end production, you probably get a little bit less. And then also the way that the Vikings offense is structured this year is a lot different than the way it was structured last year. A lot fewer deep shots, a lot less play action. That's kind of where Diggs thrived. I mean, if you break it down um, from a skill set perspective, they're extraordinarily similar players. But um, I, I think just in terms of the way the Vikings wanted to use Diggs and the way that um, the Vikings are using Jefferson, um, you tend to have, um, you know, a lot more production out of Jefferson, especially if, you know, if we're talking about like PPR formats, right? Because Diggs was like the least targeted good receiver in the league last year. Yeah, I would say too, you know, data wise, I think we, you know, we tend to obviously this show and everywhere across the, the fantasy industry, we try to focus on the data points, but it did seem, I, I don't know, you know, we don't want to give up any sources or anything, but it did seem like Diggs maybe, you know, ran the end of his rope there in Minnesota and then coming to Buffalo, a little bit rejuvenated. Like sometimes you just need to change that, that situation up where, you know, it meets the rubber meets the road sometimes. And it might've been the case with Diggs. Yeah, I think so. He even mentioned that like he was in a dark place, which is kind of an interesting way to put it. I, I tend to take players at the word when they say something, you know, that serious. So I, I think that that probably has a lot to do with it. I mean, um, just in terms of raw production, obviously in Buffalo, he's doing very well. Um, he continues to be a big play threat, but he's got a little bit more of an intermediate role there, which I think suits him really well. Uh, and then um, I think I, the only negative is that he's like dropping a couple more passes in Buffalo, but that's like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. Where do you think uh, Justin Jefferson goes in season long drafts next year? Uh, probably too high. <laughs> um, I, I see him, I don't know, as a second rounder. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of like when Brandon Marshall was good. I feel like just in terms of total, like obviously they're not the same player at all. But in terms of total production, it kind of reminds me of him. And Brandon Marshall was like a consistent second rounder. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, I wouldn't put him above like, you know, if Dak is healthy and still with the Cowboys, I wouldn't put him above Amari, right? Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't put him above like DeAndre Hopkins or anything like that. And so now you're running out of space for first rounders. So I'd say um, probably the second round. Um, I, I I feel like, you know, he's kind of a big candidate for regression just because, like you said, his efficiency numbers are unsustainably incredible. And it's crazy, too. His efficiency numbers on deep passes are what are oh. really insane. You know, it's like whatever. If you're racking up Michael Thomas efficiency on, you know, seven, you know, yards per target. But I mean, he's like right. three yards per target, you know, down the field, just insane efficiency. It's It's incredible. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like Cousins is like a pretty good deep ball passer, you know, kind of despite all the nerves surrounding him, the the data year after year kind of demonstrates that he is one. Um, But I I think even after you account for that, I mean, like Adam Thielen is a good deep ball catcher and his uh, deep ball numbers on a rate basis and a volume basis have regressed. So and and that's just kind of normal because deep balls are very volatile. 
Arif, have you found that there are more people following you? Because the Vikings, you know, I, I think historically too have really found some national prominence from guys like Peterson being a bell cow back. And now this year you have Dalvin, you have Thielen, you have a Jefferson there. You, you also have Kirk Cousins breaking some DFS slates week to week. Like, are you noticing that you're getting more of this, you know, non-Minnesota centric fan base who just wants to hear any sort of dirt in the hopes that they could figure out if it's a week to play Dalvin or Thielen or Jefferson? You know, I don't actually know. Um, you know, when when I, I take a look at the the people who follow me, I mean, obviously it's primarily Vikings fans. Um, and uh, you know, my DMs will light up with DFS players, you know, every Thursday or whatever. But um, I, I don't know how much that's uh, kind of changed over time, or whether or not it's always been kind of like a consistent percentage of people that um, that that are that are following me to to find out that news. Uh, very often, I find myself on lists that that you know people don't follow me, but they'll put me on. NFL beat writer lists, which sure, fine. Um, but like, that's kind of one way to aggregate information. So I, I don't know if that happens more or less often, but um, I don't know. The Vikings have kind of always been um, fairly relevant in fantasy conversations for one reason or the other, whether or not they're actually any good. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I don't know that any of that has actually changed. So we got some other bits to get to here. We have to do our, our traditional numbers don't lie segment with you, Arif, where we're going to ask you uh, three stats. Two of them are true. One of them is false. But mm-hmm. but I guess one last little Viking tidbit here, and we're going to talk about them as we go. But do you think they make the playoffs right now? They're on the bubble. They're on the outside looking in. And I personally would rather see them in than the Cardinals. I just feel like they're more built for a playoff team and a playoff run, really, where they could do some damage. But what, what's your inkling there? And if you want to be biased with it, you absolutely can be. Well, I, I mean, I think, um, was it 538 has got them at about 18, 19, 20%. Um, football outsiders and PFF have them around 15%. Um, yeah, I mean, we can cut the difference. It's, it's a, you know, a one in six shot, right? I think that's pretty accurate because um, not only do they have to win two of the next three, I mean, they, they can actually lose and still make the playoffs, all three, but I mean, you end up going to like a strength of schedule tiebreaker and you have to watch like some AFC teams win. It's very bizarre. But um, I, I think that, the, the best path for the playoffs is two of three or obviously three of three. Um, now that Breeze is back, that's going to be pretty difficult because they've got a, a matchup against New Orleans in a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, I think they can win two of three, but they, they're going to need help, right? And I think that they'll need the Cardinals to kind of lose. And I, I just think that the amount of help that they'll need, um, plus, I mean, everyone kind of discounted the Bears, but I mean, the Bears in the race as well. Um, the amount of help that they'll need and the number of teams competing for that seventh spot, I, I don't think they make the playoffs. And I think that you're right, that they're, a better team for the playoffs than a lot of these competitors. I would, I would much rather, and not just from a personal perspective, but as a neutral, I would much rather have the Vikings in there um, than the bears or the Cardinals. Cause I, I, I mean, it just, and they have also, I mean, they have proven themselves in these wildcard games over the past few years too, of having these like <laughs> most entertaining electric wildcard games. So yeah, I'm definitely here for that. Yeah. It, it, there's, there could even be a seven, two matchup against the saints, which sounds like the, the best playoff matchup you could possibly organize for the wildcard weekend. For sure. Who would be your team MVP? I, I'm not worried. I know we said we we're going to move on to for Vikings, but I feel like there's such an interesting team. And I feel like you might have a different take where for me, it would be Dalvin, you know, in, in an easy amount there. But you know, a lot of running backs don't matter. People might argue against that, might say that Madison might do as well, even though he didn't the one week that Dalvin was out. But who would be your MVP for the Vikings year so far? Uh, I kind of lean in the running backs don't matter direction. Um, so and obviously, you know, if if I if I wanted to just be cheeky and just say, well, he's a quarterback, so it's for cousins. But I think if we just kind of ignore the the positional value bit a little bit, I would actually say it's Justin Jefferson, um, not just because his production is really remarkable and he's kind of altered the way that defenses are approaching the Vikings in the second half of the season. Um, but also his cap hit is also really useful to have, um, given the Vikings cap troubles and um, the fact that they were able to relieve a bunch of cap pressure by trading away digs, which obviously wasn't the reason, but you know, having that kind of production at that cap number is just um, extraordinary.
Your rookie stud wide receivers, the new rookie stud QBs in the NFL, it seems. Um, let's get on to numbers don't lie here. And I, this one, Pete and, and Arif, I'll see so you guys both know. There's a theme this week. This is the volume over quality edition. And, and Arif, once again, the, the deal here, three stats, two of them are true, one of them is false. And Pete, any sort of precursors you want to give to Arif right now about perhaps the trickiness, uh, a kicker minus 25 level trickiness I bring to this game. Yeah, I forgot to tell Arif about this segment in the DMs, but what Spags likes to do here is to really trick us. Sometimes he, you know, just changes a decimal, but he's now heard me saying this, and now he swung back in the other direction. And I'm, I'm, what am I on a streak, Spags? I've gotten like two or three of these in a row. I want to say. I know this is one of your few successes in the last <laughs> few weeks. <I> feel like. <laughs> But no, Pete's figured me out. So now you know Arif and we can get into it. And um, the first stat up, Joe Mixon hasn't played in a while, but he did average 19.8 rushes per, uh, per game before his phantom foot injury. Mixon was arguably the least efficient high volume running back in the league. with The third most rushes, but only 3.6 yards per carry. Pete, I'll ask you first. So you could set the table for Arif. Does this one sound true or false to you? It sounds right to me i don't i mean he had that one massive game against the jags so i'm worried about that distorting it what do you think arif um man uh, i haven't thought about mixing in a while uh, <laughs> <laughs> that offensive line is just awful so i can believe it um right. uh, yeah it sounds I, I mean the broad strokes are true i don't know if like what if it's 3.3 now that you're telling me about these decimals right oh <laughs> uh, he actually averaged 19.7 carries i don't know but the broad strokes sound pretty true to me yeah. Okay, so let's see. The next one, or maybe this one will be easier to identify. Deontay Johnson, his drop seas have become more of an issue as the year goes on. Even though he's sixth in the league with 9.2 targets per game, his 62.7% catch rate is the worst amongst the top 23 targeted players in the league. Arif, you know the rules now. Does this sound true or false to you? Uh, it sounds probably false. 62.7 is wild. Like, I know he's got a, a pretty awful drop rate. Um, but, uh, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't have an overabundance of deep targets compared to other deep, uh, ball catchers. And so that's where a lot of like low, uh, catch rate receivers come from. I'll say that kind of overstate that feels like it overstates the drop problem for Deontay Johnson. All right, Pete, how about you? What's in your heart? Yeah, I was, I was going to say that feels true, but I might've just gotten caught up in the whole Deontay Johnson drop meme. And then I watched Arif kind of do the actual math in his head and I'm starting to, uh, I want to tail him on this one. So I agree. <laughs> All right, next stat up. Drew Locke is a popular DFS target this year, as many YouTubers out there will tell you on any live stream. But he's a quintessential bad QB on deep throws as well. Locke has completed only 10% of his targets of 20-plus yards this year, worst amongst anyone who has started more than one game at QB this year. So, Pete, you have all three stats now. You tell me which one is a lie. Yeah, so that last one I'm pretty sure rings true. I mean, him losing Cortland Sutton, one of his primary deep threats, really hurt him this year. I've seen, uh, I want to say Jerry Judy has one of the least catchable uh, ball rates or whatever that stat is for wide receivers this year on deep ball. So this one seems true. I'm going with Arif's hunch that Deontay Johnson's drop rate is bad, but not 62.7% bad. Arif, what do you want here? Which stat do you think is a lie? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow myself on the Deontay Johnson thing. That, <laughs> that Drew Locke thing is wild, though. Holy crap! Um, but I do know that that deep ball percentage can get um, into the extremes. I'm trying to remember the last time Drew Locke completed a deep pass that I've watched. So maybe um, I'm I'm biasing myself here by saying that that just feels true enough. Um, but yeah, let's yeah let's go with uh, Deontay Johnson. 
So the stat, the Deontay Johnson stat is in fact true. He's a, uh, his catch rate is only wow. better than DJ Chark. Wow. DJ Chark is having a worse year, which you might expect with the bad QBs. The stat that was a lie. Drew Locke, uh, Drew Locke actually is terrible <laughs> at throwing deep balls. He's throwing 5.7 deep balls per game, only a 30% accuracy rate, but a couple starters who are worse than him include Mitchell Trubisky, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Sinema oh, doesn't okay. really count, but Brandon Allen has not completed a single. Okay, that was actually throw. the first thing that came up. I was like, he started more than one game, and he doesn't. Yeah, even he's throw terrible. One. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, so he, he can't complete anything at all. So that's the main thing there. But, but Drew Locke also sucks. So we all learned something today. This is like right. if we had done like SAT prep. You know, our instructor would have told us to like key in on some of that specific language in the question. I think Arif and I both just skimmed by the one game at QB this year. Yeah, point. yeah, I should have one. Game game brandon i i the first thought was like did brandon allen start more than one game and i should have just trusted that yeah brandon allen is like the most quintessential sub replacement level level qb in the league and, and jimmy garoppolo i just feel like it's worth pointing out he didn't play a ton of games this year only played six but a 10 percent deep throw accuracy for for jimmy garoppolo this year for handsome jimmy <laughs> handsome jimmy uh you know kyle shanahan wants him some crew cousins yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he'd love. He's so jealous. He sees you guys over in Minnesota enjoying basking Kirk's glory and he just wants a taste for himself. <laughs> uh, let's give the week 15 overview and make sure you guys, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe. Give us five stars and a review. Uh, Pete, uh, just, just for you real fast, just so you know, we got one more review in that declared us the best sword de Bunda podcast in the, in the industry. So that's, uh, Arif will spare you telling you what that is, but let's just say it correlates to Kenny Galladay's injury and involves aggressive Brazilian butt dancing. Sounds great. <laughs> the week 15 overview. We've got two Saturday games. Uh, next week, there's a Christmas Day game. We're going to talk about our production uh, schedule, I guess, for Splash Play a little bit later on the show. But two Saturday games here uh, going to be uh, going to have Buffalo going against Denver and Carolina against Green Bay. And the Green Bay matchup for you, Arif, that's one that's going to matter for your Vikings boys a little bit. Or actually, no, maybe not so much, but spiritually it will. Uh, any thoughts on these two games up front here? We do the ride or die picks, but do you have a lean? And do you play these these two two game NFL DFS showdowns? I know you have so much work going on. It's probably tough to get up for a, a two game slate. Yeah, two game <laughs> slate. That's that's uh, a little bit ridiculous for me. Um <laughs> I'll say this. I think that uh, I think that Denver's vaunted home field advantage is not going to be as relevant because Josh Allen played uh, at 7,000 feet in Wyoming. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's something to think about. Um, but also, I you know, Denver's uh, home game uh, home field advantage disappears um, as the season goes on. And obviously, home field advantage just kind of doesn't matter this year anyway. I think it matters a lot less when it's almost solely due to environmental factors and uh, and they seem to just disappear over the season. So. Um, if any, if anybody wants uh, to chase a game script that involves Denver doing particularly well at home, I would probably avoid that. And I think overall, taking a look at the the schedule and and Pete, maybe you disagree here, but kind of just an ugly week of games. Like there really isn't one that jumped out. I feel like Tampa Bay Atlanta's maybe the closest. I know the Giants game uh, against Cleveland got flexed a Sunday night. But any games jumping out to you as being really good? I guess Kansas City New Orleans is one potential marquee one. But what do you have your eyes on the most this week, Pete? Yeah, no. And I was trying to figure out, I agree with you. And I was trying to figure it out why. And I think I know why it's because like the best games, like the teams with the biggest team totals, they're either in like blowout spots, you know, like Baltimore over Jacksonville or their teams like Tampa Bay or Indiana, where Indianapolis, where it's hard to identify which guys the ball is going to go to. And so I think we are going to be coming down to that KC, uh, uh, New Orleans game is the potential shootout. The more I think about it, I'm getting vibes of that, uh, New Orleans, San Francisco game in the dome last year that went completely nuts towards the end of the year. So I'm hoping we can get like a 65, 70 points uh, spot there in the dome. 
Arif, how about you? Do any of these games jump out as being, you know, more interesting than the others in terms of either your enjoyment to watch or in terms of fantasy upside? Uh, so I, I assume Philadelphia is starting Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that's going to be a watchable game, right? We might get over 200 yards rushing from quarterbacks. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I like that. Um, that's that's going to be uh, an interesting game. Obviously, Philadelphia is just a fundamentally bad team. Um, so there's only so much enjoyment you can you can extract from that. But I think um, just kind of watching new quarterbacks, new young quarterbacks, quarterbacks that like to run the ball, um, there's, there's something there. Uh, and then Falcons-Tampa Bay, I mean, they're going to air the ball out at least. I mean, that's something. I don't know if the Tampa Bay defense is any good anymore, but, um, you know, say what you will about how bad the Falcons are. They, the receivers catch. Yeah. The, no Julio Jones, as we mentioned earlier in the show. So that could be a tough one. And I think going back to this Philadelphia game, you know, the Jalen hurts argument is kind of surprised me. Vegas was very down on him in the first start. And now we saw what, we, what he can do, which is just run the ball a lot and throw at least marginally better than Carson Wentz does. And they're only giving him 21.3 implied points in this game, Arizona, a seven point favorite. And that Pete, does that seem a little high to you? Cause I would say based on what we know of Arizona kind of coming down to earth, I would take hurts here and take the seven points on a heartbeat. Maybe I will in our ride or die picks. Yeah, it's this weird thing where the Eagles are trending up, right, with Hurts giving their offense life, and then, you know, the perception is the Cardinals trending down. But I, I don't know. I kind of think – I think Kyler's more healthy now. Uh, I I just – I have a trust, maybe a, a naive trust that they can turn this around. The big thing for them is just, like, their offense has been so one-dimensional, so uncreative right now. If we can get back to, you know, pushing the ball downfield, get Christian Kirk – downfield a little bit more instead of all these just like bubble screens to DeAndre Hopkins. So I don't know. I'm holding out faith and I kind of still like the Cardinals here. All right. And let's get into our troll play of the week. Of course, the play that we expect to screw over the most season long fantasy football owners playoff time. So there's some guys out there who could end up uh, ruining your season there. DFS, all of that's on the table here. And, and Pete here, you take the first troll play here. So Reef knows exactly how we're thinking for our troll plays of the week. Yeah, so we're looking at these guys. Who Who's going to be the chalk, and how could the chalk go wrong? Um, and I just want to keep piling on uh, Lenny Fournette. So I will say here that LaShawn McCoy just absolutely trolls Leonard Fournette. He catches four to five balls and steals a goal line touchdown from the Leonard Fournette chalk donkeys. That is the nature of the beast. Arif, now that you know how we view the troll plays, who would you pick as a potential troll play for Week 15? Hey, well, I have no idea what the ownership percentages are, but uh, I feel like what Drew Brees is healthy. He seems like a troll play to me. I don't. Uh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Uh, QBs with rib injuries. I feel like uh, they tend to come back. And, and this is totally just made up imagined. I haven't actually looked at the data on this. <laughs> Uh, I feel like they tend to come back a little bit earlier than they should. I'm remembering Michael Vick a lot. Uh, and uh, post rib injury, they seem to uh, they seem to perform um, worse. And and I think that's just, you know, the way the throwing motion works. Right. Um it tends to go through a lot through the core. So um, I feel like uh, if, uh, so I've got Drew Brees in two of my season long leagues. I am kind of nervous about that because he seems like a, you got to play him if you have him. Um, and I feel like he's probably just going to screw me. Look at this. You're kind of reverse jinxing yourself with the troll play here. I like that play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to find some way to hedge, right? I also think we could see like the troll play of the troll play. Like Taysom Hill used to troll Drew Brees. So what if we now get Taysom Hill gets like two touchdowns in goal line packages? Oh to yeah, troll all the people who are now excited about Drew Brees again. Like, oh yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, no, there's yeah, there's troll on top of troll uh, potential with this one. What's your specs? 
I think for me, I'm, I'm like trying to figure out what the angle is here because some of these plays like Cam Akers, I really going against the Jets. How is he going to blow that? I don't know that he does. Derrick Henry also going against Detroit. I don't know how he blows that, but I feel like that's it for me is that maybe it's Matthew Stafford being the troll. Play. No, because he's out, right? Or is he He's going to be out? He might be. I, I don't know if we know yet. Yeah, so that's that's one that could be. Oh, boy, I don't know that I want to put my stock in the backup Detroit uh, situation there, but I'll say there's Daniel. He's like the 35th best quarterback in the league. Show him <laughs> yeah. respect. An easy top 35. He might be better than Drew Locke, maybe. <laughs> um, I'll say that Chase Daniel goes off here and the Detroit offense makes it so Derrick Henry doesn't get there. I don't know that I have any faith in this as a pick, but that just feels like a week 15 Derrick Henry D. Hember comes to a stop here at the hands of Chase Daniel. That's what an irony. Love it. All right, next next up here, let's do the ride or die plays here. Where we'll go game by game uh, for the Saturday games, the Sunday games, all of it. So make sure you guys, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe. Make sure to follow at Harif, Arif Hassan NFL uh, to go check. Got all the information for Vikings, barely anything else. Arif, I'm sure you got greater ambitions to do, be on the national stage so they can get in early, buy the stock while it's at a reasonable level. <laughs> uh, for sure. Appreciate that. And uh, all right, first game up, Buffalo, 27.3 implied points at Denver. Actually, you know, Pete, do the do the preamble here so we can explain both to Reef and everybody out there what our ride or die picks are all about. Yeah, so we're just going to take uh, one pick from the game. It can be sports betting. It could be a prop. It could be fantasy points. It could be one guy outscoring another. does not matter. The only thing that matters, though, is you get points based on how aggressive you are. So if something has like a 50% probability, like a spread pick, that's one point. If something's a little more aggressive, like a guy going over 20 DraftKings points, that's worth three. And if you do the true Hail Mary picks, you know, stuff like Chad Beebe outscoring Dalvin Cook, that's worth 10 points there. So that's what we're going to do here. And uh, anything is fair game i normally get too wild here with these picks and it is reflected in the scoreboard but i don't care no regrets pete did win last week so, so I, I don't even know if you knew this pete but you did win last week i think you had the showdown captain correct on monday so that's what what carried you through you had you had kareem hunt which actually we didn't talk about this either i won a showdown on monday by the way a 150 person split Ooh, <laughs> one of the very, play actions, but. congratulations to you and all your your great friends yeah, yeah, it's great. Just a thousand bucks. Who needs more than that when you have all your buddies there lined up with you? But the first game, Buffalo, 27.3 implied points. Denver, 21.8 implied points. Over under a 49 this one. Pete, I'll let you go first to set the table for this this little game of ours that we love so much. Uh, let's see here. Sorry. What, uh, you, we're doing bills, Denver. We're doing yeah, Saturday. Yeah. First game. Okay. Yeah. Saturday. Um, all right. Yeah. I am excited about this game. Um, I, this feels like a game where the bills passing game goes off again. Uh, I will say Cole Beasley as the ancillary Pete's going over 20 DraftKings points. All right. Uh, Reef, I'll let you take your, your choice here between Buffalo and Denver's. I was thinking about the Beasley over Diggs. Uh, <laughs> so mm. uh, in order to slightly differentiate myself, I also kind of like Buffalo. I'm going to take uh, Josh Allen over 350 yards. I'm going to take this actually might be a troll play for Saturday, but Zach Moss, two touchdowns in this game uh, going against Denver. So there we right. go. Zach Moss, everybody's right. favorite player, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> next, next game up, Carolina, 21.3 implied points. Green Bay, 30.3 implied points. Over under a 51 and a half in this one. And Arif, you know the rules now, so make your first choice here. Uh, I, this is probably uh, extremely aggressive in the spirit of the show. So I'll take uh, DJ Moore, more yards than Devontae Adams. Ooh, that is very, that Pete loves that. You can see the glee. <laughs> I love those kind of picks. Oh, those are my favorite. Uh, I guess for me in this one, I'll, I'll go before Pete and take, uh, hmm. I, man, Devonte Adams. I don't even know what we would pick for him. Cause I, I do like the spot for Devonte a little, but I'll take Aaron Jones rebound game here. Aaron Jones. Uh, what's, is it over 20 or over 25 for Jones? Pete, what do you think? 
Um, ah, geez. Uh, I think over 20 is a three pointer. All right. I'll do over 20 for Aaron Jones. And I want to kind of do what uh, Arif is doing, but I'll attack it from a different angle. I'll say Mike Davis outscores Devontae Adams. Ooh, poor Devontae Adams is getting beaten <laughs> up by you <laughs> cyber bullies. <laughs> Next game up, Chicago getting 21.5 implied points. Minnesota getting 24.5 implied points on the other side. Over under a 46 in this one. And Arif, I know you just went first, but I feel like it's only appropriate to have you go first. Hey, I just want to say I loved how Spags' voice went up when he said Minnesota. It was just like, we have a guest who knows Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. Like, oh, all lined up so perfectly. Did you hear that, Arif? We're going to talk Minnesota. <laughs> I might, yeah, that might have been a little bit of patronizing, I guess. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> About the Vikings, huh? <laughs> it's, your, it's your hometown team. Um, yeah, uh, I, th- this one is as wild as you, whether or not you believe in matchups. So I'm going to say uh, Justin Jefferson, two and a half times as many DraftKings points as Dalvin Cook. Ooh, that is okay. That's a big one. Uh, Pete, I'll let you go. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think uh, Cole Komet is looking pretty nice to me in this game. Uh, will you give me three points if Cole Komet gets a touchdown? Um, if you'll give me three points if Jimmy Graham gets a touchdown. Okay, sure. All right, so there you go. So the Bears tight ends will are presented here. Uh, next game up, Houston 21.8 implied points. Indianapolis a seven-point favorite, 28.8 implied points. Over under a 50 and a half has been steamed down two points since it opened. And I think I'm due to take the first pick here. And I'll take I'll buy into the Jonathan Taylor Renaissance. I don't love his his price point, but I think he gets over 20 fantasy points this week. Nice. Uh Arif, what do you got? Uh, I was just checking the injury report to see if I could get uh, some uh, some Kiki QT. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's do that. Kiki QT over 120 yards. Ooh, I like that. Nice. Um, and I am just gonna go to my grave betting against Ty Hilton. I refuse to believe that this is real. I will take Michael Pittman Jr. in the Fountain of Youth, outscoring Ty Hilton. T.Y. Hilton, every week, I like I do touchdown equity as part of my numbers, and his number was at like 2%. Now it's up to 11%. It's just climbing every week, and Pete's going to have to make the apology at the altar of T.Y. Hilton before the end of the year. I'm never, <laughs> never. I mean, he's going the way of A.J. Green and Alshon Jeffrey and all these wow. other wide receivers. Wow. Um, that's just insulting. He's clearly better than Alshon. I think you, you need to take that one back at least. Better than A.J. Green. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, he's, uh, if I had to choose between Larry Fitzgerald and T.Y. Hilton, probably want the guy in the air raid offense. Oh, you son of a bitch. Disrespect. T.Y. is going to hear about this. He's not going to be happy. <laughs> Next game up, the Niners getting 24 implied points at Dallas. 21 implied points for them. Over under a 45 in this one. And I guess uh, Raheem Mostert, I saw, was questionable earlier in the week. I don't know where he is right now. Is one thing to note there. But um, I think a refer back to you going first. Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's uh, dip back into the Minnesota connection. I'll say uh, Jarek McKinnon. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just take a touchdown. Ooh, I like okay. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I and I also love that because that could also be the own kind of troll play thing where Kyle Shanahan, it's just like, we're going to all gravitate toward Jeff Wilson if Mostert's out. And you could totally see McKinnon just getting 15 touches out of the blue. Yeah, just out of nowhere, for sure. All right, Pete, what uh, do you want? Okay, I will. I, I do like these Dallas wide receivers here. I will say Michael Gallup outscores Ezekiel Elliott. Ooh, okay. I will say, oh man, I th- I think I'll just take. 
No, you know what? I'll take Dal- Dalton Schultz outscores Ezekiel Elliott. I think Ezekiel Elliott's just dead and buried at this point. I, this the, the worst contract in the league right now. The real case for running backs don't matter in Dallas. Uh, next game up, Tampa Bay, 27.3 implied points. Atlanta, 21.3 implied points at home. 48.5 point over under. That's been dra- dragged down two points throughout the week. And Pete, you're due to go first. Yeah, there's only one player that I would take T.Y. Hilton over, and that's Leonard Fournette. Um, so let's say, you know, Leonard Fournette right now, I'm seeing is projecting for, you know, 13.1 fantasy points. I'll take Leonard Fournette, uh, under 10 fantasy points. All right. I, for me, I'm going to take Hayden Hurst over 15 fantasy points. You talked about him being a potential value tight end here. No Julio. The targets have to go somewhere. Arif, what do you want in this game? Um, let's see, no Julio. So I'm working with Olomedia Zacchaeus and Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. I'll say Falcons receivers, uh, outscore Tampa Bay receivers. Okay. I think that's, that's a fair one. That's yeah. yeah. There's enough potential there really for Atlanta to throw the game. They should be behind next game up Seattle, 24 and a half implied points, Washington, 18 and a half implied points. And I think, uh, one thing noting worth noting here is that Alex Smith not practicing so far. So it could be a Dwayne Haskins week. And given that I'm just going to take the Seattle, uh, plus or minus six at on the road here at Washington. Arif, what do you want? Wait, th- six. That's the spread. Yeah, Seattle uh, minus six on at, on the road. Good lord, I got I got to rush over to bet online. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's say, uh, uh, how, how about this? Um, Terry McLaurin gets over sixty five percent of the team's total yardage. Ooh, that's that's reasonable here. Going against Seattle pass defense, that stinks. The the issue, Arif, I don't know if you know, Dwayne Haskins, real a real Drew Lock type. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. But he, he loved McLaurin. Alex Smith was upgraded to limited yesterday. Was there anything was today? I was reading a report that said like he wasn't throwing it all, was just wearing a cap. So maybe they're just giving Haskins the reps in practice because Smith okay. doesn't need him. But I don't know. But yeah, huh? I'm, worth noting for There's sure. Many and, meanings of the word limited. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Uh, what do you want, Pete? Um, I will say one of our listeners uh, wins the Millie Maker lineup with DK Metcalf in it. Oh, oh, very high price DK Metcalf, but certainly a spot he could smash. We know that he's capable of breaking a slate. Uh, next game up, New England, 20 implied points. Miami, 21 and a half implied points. A battle of, of mentor versus protege with Brian Flores and Bill Belichick. 41 and a half point over under here. And uh, <laughs> so, Reef, you want to go first? <laughs> um, uh, Cam Newton finishes the game as the... <laughs> Honestly, that's a dicey prop. That might be a 10-pointer. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm going to go with that. Let's let's see uh, let's see if Cam Newton can finish one out. All Excluding right. Niels. I'm not going to I'm not going to take Niels as an L. <laughs> Pete, what do you want? Um, I will say I will say uh Lynn Bowden outscores every Patriots wide receiver. Yeah, I like Lynn Bowden too. I think that's now I don't, but I did. I did before you. Said now that. I hate him. Yeah. yeah. No, that's how Spags does it. He he waits for me to pick, and then he tries to leverage my pick, spite pick against it. It's really disgusting. It's a winning <laughs> strategy, some could say, in the yeah, game. Right now, Lynn Bowden over and under passes. That would have been way better. Okay. I, well, hey, may, it sounds like you want to get in on spite picking me. Now. <laughs> I'm I'm pot committed to Cam Newton now. I, I don't even I, I feel like this game like the logical move to me is such a low over under to take the over but like realistically is that that's probably a bad pick but I'll take over 41 and a half it's just so low but if this game is like 10 3 I won't be shocked at all it's just garbage garbage on both sides stupid AFC East it's no NFC North am I right Arif hey 
There we go. Appeal, appeal to the sensibilities. Next game up, Detroit, 20.3 implied points. Tennessee, 31.3 implied points, over under a 51 and a half. And uh, Pete, you can go first. Reef, uh, Detroit, same conference as uh, Minnesota. Huh? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> um, okay, let's do here. Man, should I try to go against? Yeah, let's try to short Derrick Henry here, but let's do it in a smart way. Let's say A.J. Brown outscores Derrick Henry. Okay, that's that's a logical move here. Detroit's defense bad against everything. Um, I I will go next here, I suppose, and I will take yeah, I'll just take Derrick Henry to Millionaire Maker winner. I feel like it's Dehember for a reason, Pete, and you seem to have forgotten that after beating the Dehember drum for so long. Uh, Reef, what about you? Uh, I think this is uh ten points. DeAndre Swift is the highest scoring DK uh, running back in this matchup. Ooh. Oh, that's a ten yeah. pointer. Yeah, sure. yeah, I'll take that one. Yeah, poor um, yeah, DeAndre Swift, man, I was like. <laughs> What is your guys' take on, do you think, you know, he looked great, but he was only playing like half the snaps. Do you think this is just like the new role for him with this new coaching staff? Or do you think they're working him back from the concussion stuff and his role could grow? Um, I, I just think it's like uh, at this point in the year, they're just like, we'll just go with like veterans and stuff like that. I don't think it's a working back. I don't think it's a new role. I just think that, you know, for next year, um, they'll just reevaluate the roster if it's the same coaching staff at all uh, and, and redesignate roles. I think, I think they're just like, yeah, Adrian Peterson's a veteran. Just throw him out there. I think it's a little bit of concern about just not wanting to bust Swift in the last couple of weeks here because there were so many reports about him looking you know, ill in a way that wasn't right. And yeah, uh, it was like it was weird. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, weird tea leaves around that. But yeah, you're right. Performance-wise, I'm looking at his numbers now. Like, it wasn't bad, but definitely would like to see more volume for him. Um, yeah, let, let's keep it moving here. Uh, wait, did, did Arif make a pick? I think. Yeah, it's DeAndre Swift out. Yeah, oh, yeah, there you go. Running back and okay, yeah, yeah, so we got everybody then. Next yeah. game up here, Jacksonville, 17 and a half implied points. Baltimore, 30 and a half implied points. Over under a 48, coming up two points throughout the week. Baltimore, we talked about the injuries or the COVID list concerns there for some of their guys, including Marquise Brown. Well, hopefully those guys will, will clear everything and get back in. But uh, knowing that, uh, that's up in the air. Pete, I'll let you take the first pick. Yeah, let's see here. Um, I kind of want to do something with... Willie Sneed. I think he's going to have a good game. If we don't get Marquise Brown, I do reserve the right to update this. If for some reason Marquise Brown does play, although I don't think that's possible, I will say uh, Willie Sneed uh, over over 15 DraftKings points. Right now, he's projecting for 8.4. Uh, all right, Reef, I'll let you go here because I'm still actually have no clue what I want in this game. Willie Sneed, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> help good lord uh yeah um so this isn't gonna change my pick which is how dumb it is but who is throwing the ball for jacksonville this week it, it's gardner it's gardner who is going to oh, be okay starter, yeah. well i do feel more confident then in this one uh which is dj chark over 120 yards i think baltimore's missing some cornerbacks and uh, there was something that gardner actually said i which i i don't know if it got a ton of heat around social media but talked about clace campbell and also uh, ngakwe who's a former viking coming in back oh, to jacksonville hey. Uh, and he is apparently uh, not a man who Gardner Minshew wants to cross and thinks he's going to be out for blood. And I will take Baltimore as the highest scoring defense of the week. I think they're in the millionaire maker winner. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I think that is, I mean, really a lot of acrimony there. Weird situation though, with him leaving the Vikings. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that, Arif. I wasn't assistant fit, honestly. 
Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Big, big acquisition who just kind of moved around a lot here. And now is his chance for revenge defense, revenge games. The only ones that matter next game up Philadelphia, 21.3 implied points at Arizona, 28.3 implied points for them over under a 49 and a half coming up a point and a half throughout the week. Arif, you can go first. I'll take what I said earlier. Uh, quarterbacks get over 200 rushing yards in this game. That's exciting. I like that. That's actually a thing that is very viable and really a smart play. Pete, how about you? Uh, yeah, I will also kind of double down on my take uh, saying that the cards get going here. And I'll say Christian Kirk, over 20 DraftKings points. We finally get away from the horizontal air raid. Christian Kirk catches a big one. All right. And I think for me, oh, man. Um I guess I'll take the Jalen Hurts millionaire maker winning quarterback. I like his ability to run. I think the price is still reasonable enough. And um, he does have weapons to throw to if he ever, you know, gets to actually be unchained and throw to them. So we'll see. This game, Jets, 13. Yeah, the Jalen Hurts Greg Ward connection. <laughs> Fulgham is going to get routes to something. Alshon Jeffrey caught a touchdown last week. Maybe he's due for the T.Y. Hilton bump. Due, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, Greg Ward needs his own little D. Hember thing. I mean, that guy every December just crushes out of nowhere. <laughs> just hibernating. And he's like, it's December, Greg Ward time. <laughs> the RC Cola to Derrick Henry is Coca Cola. <laughs> D. Hember for Greg Ward. Next game up, Jets, 13 implied points, a 17 and a half point road underdog to the Rams with 30.5 implied points, over under a 43 and a half in this one. Um, this one's trash, but I'll just take. Cam Akers because he's getting the work. He looked amazing. Um, going to be the chalk play of the week, which terrifies me. But Cam Akers over twenty fantasy points seems like my move. Pete, what are what are your thoughts here on this game? Every single week I play guys in DFS against the Jets. It works out most of the time. Sometimes they are so inept that they can't you know put up enough points to make you know say Russ keep his foot on the gas. But I will double down. I will continue to play these dusty Jets wide receivers with 13.25 implied team totals. Denzel Mims over 15 DraftKings points. You love Mims, this guy. <laughs> I love Mims, and I hate that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want in this game, Arif? That's not Denzel Mims. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, this isn't going to seem that hot, but it is pretty rare. Uh, two defensive touchdowns. Oh, okay. I like the best pass defense in the league. Troy Hill is seemingly seemingly as good as Jalen Ramsey. Um, All three of those safeties that seem to play a lot are all great. Um, Aaron Donald, I've heard of him. So (laughs) a couple (laughs) of opportunities here. The 17 and a half point spread is outrageous. Like that is, that's too much for really any game. Now you're like, you're like me and Davis on the swole cast with these defensive players. There's one I I've heard of, but you, you actually know, you probably know the Minnesota defense inside and out. You can't do this bit. <laughs> I get with other defenses, okay. right? All right, all right. <laughs> Uh, the last game on the Sunday main slate, and then we have the Sunday night game to hit on too, but Kansas City getting 27 and a half implied points and a game with a 52 point over under going to New Orleans. We talked about Drew Brees expected back here, 24 and a half implied points for New Orleans side. And Arif, I'll let you go first here. What do you want in this game? Uh, let's double down on the troll and uh, say Taysom Hill outscores Drew Brees. Oh, I love Ooh. that. <laughs> All right, Pete, what do you want? Let's see here. Uh, yeah, man, I am excited about this game. Which direction we want? Okay, so I think I think Michael Thomas and Kamara are going to rightfully end up being pretty popular. They're both underpriced for having Drew Brees back here in the dome. But I think the some of these other pieces get going here. Um, can I say? How about this? Will you get how much? Will you give me three points for the field on the Saints outscoring 
uh, one of Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. So like Jared Cook, Trey Quinn, not both. Yeah, what? I think it's got to be both. No, that's what I mean. Sorry, both. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll accept that one. Um, do you guys know that Michael Thomas has no touchdowns so far this year? Zero? Yeah, zero. Seriously? Yeah. Is this another like two stats that are alive? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm surprised. I'm just looking I'm, at it now. Yeah, he's got, he's right got no I, touchdown equity because he has Can a lot of. You fact check him, Arif. I don't I'm believe this. Up right. This is ridiculous. He's got 17% of the yards roughly per game. The receiver oh, wow. per, game. And for yeah, a second, I was like, maybe you were looking up Michael Thomas, the safety, but no, <laughs> uh, another defensive player. You may have heard of You're uh, or, the, or the Bengals fifth wide receiver, Mike Thomas, who sometimes. Right. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he has zero touchdowns. Yeah. Wow. So I, okay. it, what, Pete, what do I get from Michael Thomas? Right. Okay. <laughs> from Michael Thomas touchdown. That's a three pointer. All right, I'll take Michael Thomas's first touchdown for three points. I like that first one. First touchdown. <laughs> Let's see. Next game up here. Last game that we're going to hit on today. So make sure you follow Arif Hassan NFL. Follow at Splash Play Pod. Follow Chris Bags and Peter Rivers that do all the following right now before we get to this one. Cleveland, 25.3 implied points. Giants, 18.8 implied points. I think Daniel Jones is not likely to play this week. So uh, not a great spot for the Giants. 44 point over under. And Arif, just so you know here, usually for the Sunday games, because of the showdown slash the FanDuel single game formats, we should just pick the guy who's going to be the highest scorer, the captain or the MVP for 10 points. So you don't have to do that, but that's just what we do here. But Pete, you make your first pick. Every other week I do something involving Darius Slayton. I don't see why I wouldn't do it now. I, I love how confused Arif is. He's he's like, how are you in love with all of these you know, fast, speedy wide receivers that are attached to bad quarterbacks and never do anything? I don't know. I don't know. I will take Darius Slayton captain winner. <laughs> I mean, you're not in on Marquise Brown, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> you got one right, maybe. The guy with COVID is the one you got right. <laughs> Arif, what do you want in this one? Uh, yeah, I'll take Wayne Goldman MVP. Okay. I will take, uh, man, so Cleveland, they're going to run it a lot. I'll take Nick Chubb for the MVP or the the captain here on the showdown. I just feel like he's going to get the ball. Kareem Hunt got it last time. Uh, Chubb is the one who breaks it today. Arif, give the people the plugs here. They could follow you at Arif Hassan NFL. You're doing a lot of work for the athletic, covering the Vikings. Uh, what else should people be checking out from you on any given week? Yeah. So yeah, at Arif Hassan NFL, I'm, I'm primarily over at the athletic, uh, the athletic.com slash author slash Arif dash Hassan. If you click on my articles and subscribe there, I get credit for it and I would love to make some money. So if you could do that, that'd be great. I also do players of the week where I watch uh, every game for some reason and I identify which players are the best at the position each week. I'm told I'm wrong every week. So that's uh, always great. To- <laughs> on the internet? No way. Yeah, <laughs> um, so you can check that out. Um, and also if you want like some really bad politics takes, you can head over to the wide left podcast. I, uh, I, will put in another plug for Arif's uh, Twitter feed has a, has a great, uh, curated Twitter feed. It's like he has his finger on the, on the pulse of, of stuff going on on the internet in the football circles. So I, he's someone I can go and check up on if I've missed, you know, dare I miss like six hours of action on Twitter. I just head over to Arif's and I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that I, I know what's going on. So yeah, a very fun follow on Twitter. It's a lot of pressure. I'll take it though. <laughs> All right. So thanks for joining us, Arif. And then I think we're going to do a little post-show production meeting, Arif. So if you have any final parting words here, you can give them now. Otherwise we appreciate you being a guest here. It was a lot of fun. And I love you. The fact that you're the first person I think we've had on who has like a real studio set up where you have like actual <laughs> paneling. Yeah, and I mean, you're, you're ready legit. to go. Yeah, no, I've, I've got a couple of podcasts going. So I wanted to make sure it worked out. What's the, what's the tweet again? I know I've seen this oh, online yeah. before, but what is it? It's it's uh, going to be a day on here is the tweet. Um, it's a reminder that every time I log online, that it's going to be a day and that I should be ready. <laughs> that um, is a very good reminder to have. <laughs> yeah. 
It is. Uh, some people pointed out that it might be narcissistic to have my own tweet up behind me. And uh, yes, that's correct. It's all about the brand. You got to get your <laughs> right. brand out there as much as possible. Yeah, I know for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, a painting of yourself in the background like a dictator next. <laughs> <laughs> What's the closest thing I have? I have this uh, caricature. Oh, wow. It was made of me as a seventh grader. So I guess I could hang this up. Oh, and, that's uh, great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You should. I have that. my girlfriend's terrible paintings that she did with. <laughs> I think while drinking a lot of wine. Oh, there you go. That's proof. I just want to know that this like screenshot right now looks like it's like show and tell, like on a fourth grade Zoom class right now. For our children who just learned how to do something. I feel like my hoodie is as like as colorful as some of these paintings. Yeah. Yeah. That is a that is a sweet hoodie. Um, a walking piece of art. Well, thank you for that. We uh we really appreciate you coming on. This was a blast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This was a ton of fun for sure. All right, dude, we will see you in those streets. I'm sure you will beat us in the ride or die competition. We will follow up with that on, on Monday. So we'll uh, yeah, have DM a me. Make, make sure that I know how much I've lost by. Oh, we, Chris, Chris will never let us forget. So you're good on that front. Thanks. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Thanks, Arif. All right. See you, man. All right, there goes Arif Hassan of The Athletic. Follow at Arif Hassan NFL. That was a lot of fun. Arif, really great energy. And you know what? He really sold all my jokes, which I think something other co-hosts could maybe learn from. <laughs> I, I just keep waiting for a good one to kind of, you know, latch yeah. on to. <laughs> there was somebody, we've had a weird thing with our YouTube comments, I guess, while we're doing a little, our little production meeting. Uh, we've had some YouTube comments that like just disappear where I get the notification on the app and then they just never show up and they're not filtered or anything. And there was one guy who was like, um, yeah, like I love how Spags like sometimes can't control laughing when Pete says something funny and you could see him on the video, but on the podcast, you can't hear it. And I was just thinking like, yeah, people notice how much I laugh at Pete's jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, are, did you say that was a comment that disappeared? Yeah, it was one I was going to reply to and it like straight up won't let you reply to it or anything. I don't know if the people are getting gun shy, but like to be clear, if you're watching on YouTube and you didn't see your reply, I reply to every comment on there. And then Pete does sometimes see from his account. But, like I reply and then, yeah, it just fucking is gone. <laughs> I have had that on my channel too. And I normally it's when someone says something really mean and then I go to reply and they've like regretted it, but they like got it off their chest and then just immediately delete it. That's my only theory. These are like nice ones. And then they're like <laughs> ones where I'm like, I want to like, you know, we're trying to build a community here. We want people to be engaged. So I want to reply back and it's like, nope, now it's gone and it's <laughs> downer. There so yeah, go. if you had a comment disappear, have no fear. I, I saw it and it's not our fault. We, we don't, we don't want to silence you on our YouTube channel and the great, the great power that we have. But um, yeah, so I think we, the one thing we have to do, so Pete has to figure out his schedule for next week. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, there's a Friday Christmas game. Thursday is Christmas Eve. Um, so we don't know what we're doing next week yet, but we have to also plan our drunk show. And that doesn't have to be a Christmas show. That could be after Christmas, but that's one I think we need to make sure to get onto the, onto the scoreboard here for our final few weeks. Yeah, one uh, one option might be because we were going to maybe get like uh, my buddy Pat, who I do ship chasing with, because, you know, we'll record on Wednesday from, you know, like 915 to 1015. We could do like a splash play after dark before Christmas Eve, potentially, and uh, get Pat on and, and do something like that, if that would work for you. That'd be fun. Also, people recommended that we use your your other partner, Mike Leone, for a drunk show, too, because apparently he's very entertaining when he drinks. <laughs> yeah. And he yeah, Leone just did ship chasing with us um, on this previous Wednesday. So we could try to get the band back together and just roll roll over from ship chasing to uh, a drunken splash play, potentially. You do the full uh, Flintstones, Simpsons, I guess Jetsons, really. Flint, I don't think the Flintstones and the Simpsons had a crossover. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they did. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we got some fun stuff here planned down the final few weeks of the regular season. We'll keep going 
shown throughout the playoffs. Uh, follow at Chris Spags, follow at Peter Roversette, follow at Splash Play Pod. Pete, I know you got some shows coming up. You always have shows coming up, but give the people the plugs on where they can find you that you want them to see you the most. Yeah, I just, uh, well, normally I do this on Thursday night, but uh, yeah, I just talked to Dean from Roto Grinders, DFS Almanac, uh, very sharp DFS player. So we talked about a whole lot of uh, tournament strategy and specifically Yahoo. And I've also been talking to Brian Hooper uh, and we're going to play in some Yahoo contests this week as well. So uh, if you want to learn about maybe branching your wings out from the DK streets, uh, you might enjoy the conversation about playing on Yahoo over. Are you sponsored by Yahoo now? Is that... (laughs) I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> you got to get what underdog fantasy. You're paying them to play on there. But <laughs> I was looking at, you know, just the kind of market cap of DraftKings and FanTool. And then you go and look at Yahoo's and you're like, this is whose bread I should be buttering. <laughs> Yahoo was just giving out money a couple of years ago. Remember when they had the guaranteed yeah. overlay tournaments? Like they, they were just like, yeah, please play. Like they yeah. were the friend who was just like, wants to spend money to get friends. <laughs> It's, it's true. It wouldn't be a splash play show without an analogy like that. <laughs> no, of course. That's, uh, you know, less misogynistic. Follow follow <laughs> me, too. I'll be doing the Osmo Live Before Lock show on Sunday. I think I'm also doing a Christmas Eve show next week, which I didn't, I wasn't aware of, but why, why not? NBA is coming back, so hopefully I'll have some fun things NBA-focused coming out, too. We appreciate you guys. Follow the at Splash Play pod handle. First thousand people get followed back. Like and subscribe. Do all that stuff. And we'll be back with you guys again soon. Watch the Twitter handle because that's when you'll know when our shows come out. We appreciate you guys. And if we don't see you before then, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, a joyous Kwanzaa, a solemn and respectful Ramadan. Anything else, Pete? <laughs> I think you nailed it. You nailed them all.